0: Hey everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. All right, I'd like us to (laughs) open our Bibles We need to do this one more time. Can we do this? Just one more time. Give me grace. Just grace one more time here. Let's go to James. Come on. Woo. All right. Randy, do you have this memorized yet? All right. In the Amplified, because it really draws it out. It says, therefore, confess your sins one to another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another. Okay, let's stop there. Let's do our exercise again. Let's pray for one another. Put your hand on somebody, even if they're scary. Come on. Everybody, pray for somebody. Lord, we pray you bless them and touch them and let this be the best week of their life in Jesus' name. That you may be healed and restored. I heard an old preacher one time, he said he was talking to the Lord, and he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, it's sad that there's not more miracles and healings in the church. And he was saying it like a Southern Baptist preacher. Lord, it's sad that there isn't more miracles and healing in the church. And the Lord said, yes, that is sad, brother. In other words, if we'd pray for each other more, you'd see more things. Healed and restored, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Prayer shapes the world. When we get that revelation, we start to pray. Prayer will shape my workplace. Prayer will shape my school. Prayer will shape. Things. It's quiet in this Reformed church. So I want to talk about something. Uh, I talked. I started a few weeks ago, and I talked about the the vocal gifts, prophecy. Remember that, and go back and watch that again. I think God will speak to you. God wants to restore that into the church. He never took it out of the church. Say amen. 1 Corinthians 1, 7. 1 Corinthians 1, 7. You need to memorize this. Put it on a a sticky, a little memo thing and put it on your forehead. (laughs) Write it backwards so when you brush your teeth, you can read it in the mirror. It says that you will lack no spiritual gift until the return of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just a gifting, like God give you the ability to do something, but it was talking about the gifts of the Spirit, that you'll lack none of those until one translation says the revealing of Christ. Another one says the return of Christ. If you study that out, it's talking about when Jesus comes back, he's going to be fully revealed. Amen? But you're not going to lack any spiritual gift until that day happens. So they're there. And the cultures that fan into flame the gifts, the gifts, the gifts are prevalent and they're there and they're powerful to encourage the body of Christ and to reach the community for Jesus. They're the power tools. Now we can be an Amish church if we want to and say, no, 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 I don't want any power tools. I just want to do it on my own. And Jesus is like, well, if you want to, but you know, I died, I rose again. I asked the Father to pour out the Spirit. I gave good gifts to the church. Why not use them? Preacher, brother, yes. I wish we had those hankies. You know, in the South, the churches are really hot so they have the fans, and then they have the hankies. And the preachers always had sweat running down their forehead. You know what I'm talking about? Glory. Hey, there we go. That's right, because you are a man of God. That's right. That's right. Woo! Come on. We need to get some dancing up here. When We'll find the... A... All right. So I want to give you some scripture here. Are you ready? We're going to do a little teaching because I want to stretch you. We've been talking about the vocal gifts, which were prophecy, word of knowledge. Um, what, what's another one? Word of wisdom, yep. And then um, we have the, the power gifts I talked about last week, which are, what are they? Miracles, healing, faith. Amen. How many know that we need those today? You know that there is such a lack of spirituality, and I don't mean that in, a, in, a, in a, just a general form, but there is a lack in the world today, where churches have become so seeker-sensitive that they're even ashamed that the Holy Spirit will show up. I am not ashamed. God can do whatever he wants to do in this church. He actually knows what he's doing. One day he said, I'm going to create a dog. And he made a dog. Can you believe that? The creator of the world. He said, I'm going to make a goose and he made a goose, and it actually could do the things that, what do they do? They, they fertilize lawns? It works. I had a friend that had a pet goose one time, and he had the most fertile lawn. You couldn't walk on it. But he knew what he was doing, right? He actually knew what he was doing. So when the churches... Give way to the Holy Spirit, you see a revival atmosphere set in and they become exciting and people see things happen and people leave refreshed. Amen? We don't have to be afraid. You know, God is not going to release the Spirit of God to kill a church, He's going to release the Spirit of God to grow a church. Amen? Now, there's a lot of elements to that. We do need order, we need all those things. But it's all under the flow of the Spirit. All right. So we talked about the power gift. We talked about the vocal gifts. And then there are other gifts we're going to get to. And today I'm going to focus on another element of the gifts because God wants to release this into the church. Amen? All right. So uh, let's go to, to John 14, 16 and 17. I'm going to do a little teaching here, so take some notes. Uh, John 14, 16, and 17, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, say another, an advocate to help you and be with you forever. For how long? Forever. That's a good word right there. You ever feel like you, you did something stupid, you got mad in traffic, and you felt like God had left you forever? Right? He made a promise that He's going to endure with us and see us through our junk. Amen? That's a good word. The spirit of truth, the the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you, point to yourself, you know Him, and He lives with you, and He will be in you. Now, this was... This was before the outpouring. And he says, this will be, the Holy Spirit will be in you. Now, we're after the outpouring, so is the Holy Spirit, he's outside, that's good, but now he's inside. That's better. You ever go to a movie theater and you just hung around outside? Is it better or is it better to watch the movie? Anybody like popcorn at those movies? I don't know what they put on that thing. I don't even want to know, but, but on the popcorn, they call it butter. It's, it's really good, but it always makes you sick about an hour later. Oh, it's good, though. Hallelujah. It's better to be in, amen? The Holy Spirit is in us, and he wants to be in the church. He wants to be in the cell group. He wants to be in you at work, because in you at work can change a, uh, a workplace. Here's another one. I just want to, just I don't want to read this whole thing, but Acts 2, 1 through 18, that was when the outpouring of the Spirit came. And I've been in some meetings that changed my whole life. I, I've shared many times, at the time I was 18 years old and I went to the revival meeting at North Central Bible College. And it was the uh, Assemblies of God, uh College, major, main college, and they had been fasting and praying, um, North Central Bible College. You guys remember that college? I think it's still there. But during that time they had went time into a time of fasting and prayer. And uh, the atmosphere in that place, it was towards the end of a long, long fast. People began to come up and give their goods up around the altar during the meetings in this campus. So they'd have two or three of these campus meetings every day or every week. And kids would be compelled to give their stuff to missions. They would sell it and they'd give it to missionaries. And people rededicated their their life in those meetings. It was amazing. Well, we went there to go check out the school and we were invited to these meetings. And there there was a large amount of students there and young people there participating. And they did worship, and for whatever reason, God moved in an amazing way that day, and the Spirit of God filled that place, and I've never felt anything so powerful in my whole life. People today need to encounter these things. There's a lack. People laid out on the floor everywhere groaning, crying out for their generation shaking under the power of God people in tears people that came in as hard as nails left broken sweet pliable called to the ministry all because of the deep presence of God we need the presence of God today in second in acts 2 I'm sorry in acts 2 1 through 18 it talks about this whole event of the outpouring of the spirit And it came through seeking the Lord. And there it came. The moment it came, the power of God was released. And then it says that they went out into the city, which is interesting because if you are in a move of God, it always affects the city. It didn't say they stayed up there and they kept it to themselves. They went out into the community. God loves people. God loves people so much that he pursued you, put people around you until you got saved, chucked you full of the Holy Ghost, and said, sick them. Because he loves people. He wants you to win people. When you see people, groups, whatever, that become internalized, and they disappear, and they're always afraid of the world, and they don't associate in public, they swallow the, the great pill of deception, and they no longer affect the world or the community or even extended family. God didn't design the church to, to be hidden, but to be a light on a hill. Just put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, recommission me to be a light on a hill. Whew, glory. It says that they went into the city and they began to declare the wonderful works of God. It, they used their mouth. They began to declare the, the great, wonderful works of God. In verse 13, it says, uh, others mocked and said, they're full of wine. You're going to have people that mock. There are people that, and they don't even mean it always in an evil way. They just don't understand. A lot of times we mock things that we don't understand. When we're watching the Packers and they play, a, uh, 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 they, they do a, a play that doesn't work and, uh, you know, the guy fumbles the ball and they lose the game and we all mock. Well, we don't know that they practiced it 55 times and it worked every time except for that <laughs> Sunday, you know. We mock things we don't understand, right? Uh, I remember Randy Clark, uh, years ago, he was a, 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 pastor in a denominational church, and he mocked the things of God on a regular basis, and he, he just didn't understand. He was trained in a way that, that, and I don't want to say he did it on a regular basis, he, he didn't understand the things of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it didn't fit in his box, let's put it that way. And he, as he was growing a little bit older, he uh, gained some exposure to the things of the Spirit. And he went to a John Wimber meeting, and he got his socks blew off by the power of the Spirit. Didn't literally come off, but almost. No, he encountered the love of the, of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit, and he's seen things that, that were in the Bible that he had never seen before. And God greatly challenged him to go back and restudy the Bible and to find out if these things are so. And God began to use him on an incredible basis. And now he does these healing meetings, uh, Holy Spirit healing meetings all over the world. And God's used him greatly in, in Brazil and many other nations. And he's brought in, I don't even know how many people, into the kingdom of God. But he he was against it until he understood. Does that make sense? So it says others mocked. Uh, and said they were full of new wine. They just didn't understand. We can't get upset when people don't understand who we are as a church. Amen? What's the proper response? We pray for them. Amen? We just pray for them. You know, somebody comes up and says, you're one of them Pentecostals or spirit-filled people, and they start mocking you. You're like, oh, thank you. You reminded me to put you on my prayer list. Thank you. Here's another great scripture. Um, It says this, that in Luke 4.14, it says, Jesus, it says, after he was baptized, he went into the wilderness, he faced the devil, he conquered that whole thing, and he returned in the power of the Spirit. When he returned in the power of the Spirit, he began his ministry and tremendous things began to happen. I like what Bill Johnson says. Is says if if those things aren't happening in your life, then you need to go into the wilderness, find a closet, and pray until you encounter the Holy Spirit, and then come out. It's so simple. It's so simple. But the Bible says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, and that word there is dunamis, and we used to always teach that it meant dynamic or dynamite power. The problem was that they didn't have dynamite at that time. So we can understand how the derivative of that goes to the, the root word of dynamite. But it really, it means this in the Greek. It means that you're given a divine ability. You're given a divine ability. So Jesus came back with divine ability. He was God in the flesh, but he lived as a man, And he did these things as a man. The Bible says he humbled himself as a man. He would not step out of his humanity when he did these things. He did them as a man surrendered to God in right relationship with God and filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So the Bible says he returned with divine ability. Wouldn't that be great if we could have that same divine ability? When you look at the things that Jesus did, what what were some of the things that he did? Come on, let's list a few. What did he do? He cast out devils, amen? Raise the dead, that's good. Heal the sick. Open blind eyes. You know what I wish there was a gift of? A gift of speed because I've had my dog get outside of our kennel fence. You're not gonna catch a chihuahua, I'll just tell you that. It's like, Lord, I need a practical gift of speed. And Jesus returned in the divine ability to reach his community. And that's what God wants to give to the church today is a divine ability to reach our community, to minister to one another, for kids' church, for cell groups, a divine ability to be given. All right, so let's go to Luke 24, 49. Go ahead and flip over there. Are you guys okay? I'm going somewhere, so just follow the train. Luke 24, 49, it says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So that is that divine ability. It's going to come. There's this, this, this sound of, of a rushing mighty wind. There's this display of God that happens, and they go into the city. But he said, go up and pray until you are endued with power from on high, until you are given that divine ability to change your world. And sometimes when you're feeling dry, you need to, like I say, return and find that. And sometimes you have to fight for God time. It's the craziest thing. If you don't believe in the devil, then just say, hey, I'm going to pray at four o'clock. I'm telling you, the vacuum cleaner salesman will show up at four. The city will come and say, we need to inspect your yard or something. The president will call. It's the craziest thing. Why? Because the devil knows if you enter into the quiet place and you spend time with the power source, you'll have power to change your community. He'll do everything in his power to keep you from praying. All these cars today, we have Teslas. I drove, by the way, a Ford Lightning truck. My birthday's coming up. This thing is a rocket. It is the coolest vehicle on the planet today. It, it, it has so much horsepower, you wouldn't even believe it. It's an electric truck. I thought it was going to be a joke. And the guy threw me the keys and he said, I want you to take it for a test drive. And he said this, I, I'm telling you the truth. He said, I want you to beat it. I want you to come back and tell me what it was like. I said, really? He said, yeah, but take it out in the country. <laughs> Don't get a ticket. We took it out <clears throat> under the speed limit. And I was so shocked. My dad was was just (laughs) plastered in his seat. That had tremendous power. It was like almost a comparison to divine ability. (laughs) It had tremendous power. But the one thing that it needs is it needs a power source. And it has to be plugged in. And sometimes that, that recharging doesn't come in an instant. It comes overnight. Amen? We need to learn how to do that. I tell you, when I spend time with God, and I, and I, I forge out that time, and, and I spend time with Him, it, it's amazing the clarity difference in my walk with God. When I'm ministering to someone, it's like I can see into their heart in a, in a sense. I don't know how to explain it, but the Lord will give me insight. He gives me dates. He gives me things about their life. He, sometimes He even gives me names. That's a freaky thing. But it's not like that if i'm not spending time with him there is a difference when we invest into the power source all right behold i send you the promise of the father and said you'll be endued with power from on high you'll be given a divine ability say divine ability all right we need to hurry here okay in the greek here it says that you'll be clothed that is the greek word e-n-d-y-o in duo and it means to put on a garment So God is going to put a garment on you of divine ability. When you receive the Holy Spirit, he puts a garment on you called divine ability. Now, we're going to get into some practical things about what this divine ability does. And dunamis, again, it means a divine enablement. Power, strength, ability. But this word ability is very, very important when you study this out because we like power, we love that. You know, you see Benny Hinn pray for people, everybody falls down, that's cool. But it's even uh, cooler when deacons understand that they've been clothed with a divine ability and they can build a church or they can, they can fix something or they can take care of a family and it's something that lasts for generations because they were given a divine ability, skills, an anointing to change culture. Amen? It's powerful. Say dunamis. dunamis. I'd like you to say this. I have, I have a divine ability, a divine ability through, the Holy through the Holy Spirit. All right. So God gave gifts. We see in the Old Testament that Samson, a lot of people teach that he was a big muscular guy, and I think when we get to heaven one day, we're going to see that he was just a frail little noodle-shaped man <laughs> because they were all shocked because he had a divine ability when the Holy Spirit came upon him. He could conquer people. He could go out and whip anyone. And it's like Hollywood portrays him as this great big, and maybe he was big, but I don't think so. It wasn't in his ability. It was a supernatural ability that came upon him. They're like, well, it's because he was grass-fed and he was you know, it's like, <laughs> knock it off. It was a divine ability, right? Elijah had a divine ability. He outran the chariot. It was a divine. Hey, that's that thing of speed. I'm going to claim that from now on. My neighbor's going to watch me take off after my chihuahua. Woo! ain't drinking that no more. Okay. Samson, Elijah, Elisha had divine ability. They didn't do these things on their own. God will let you do things on your own as long as you want to. He's like, just turn on the power switch. We see the disciples were given divine ability, and they went back and they were shocked when the things of God began to work in their life. They were bragging on what God was doing. And he said, quit bragging about that. He said, don't rejoice in that, but rejoice that your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? All right. Uh, Philip, he was translated. That was a divine ability. Can you imagine witnessing to someone? You baptize them, they come up out of the water and you disappear. You'd be like, I'm telling that to my grandkids. The Bible says, Stephen, Acts 6:8 says he was full of power and performed signs and wonders among the people. That was a divine ability. Paul went into a region where they were great expositors and, and you know, they, they, people like Socrates and all that. And he went in there and I think he was probably tempted. And he, he got up and he gave a speech that was eloquent and powerful as far as uh, you know, it, was, it was full of facts and information and nothing happened in that city. And later he said, then I went in the power of the Spirit. He turned the whole city upside down. It was divine ability. Natural things affect natural things. But when you allow the spirit to come, it'll affect the spirit and it'll affect the natural. Amen? The spirit has dominance. Power will always command a decision. That statement is way more powerful than that response. When people see an actual miracle, it it commands a response. Where they say, "I know I just seen God, but now am I going to serve Him? Yes or no?" It takes away the fuzzy. It takes away that blur. Say divine ability. Francis Chan. I love his books. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, he didn't understand the things of the spirit for many years. Um, uh, And then he began to seek God because he spent some time with some spirit-filled prophets and evangelists and all that. He thought, he was always told that they didn't know the word of God because they were charismatic. And he said, the more I spent time with them, they knew the word of God more than he did. He said, I was taught wrong. And he began to fall in love with the Holy Spirit and he asked God to come and fill him And he encountered the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way, and God gave him a divine ability. He went on a mission trip, and he said, let's try this out. And he started to lay hands on the sick. I think it was like in Fiji or somewhere. And God healed a couple people, and he was shocked because he was taught that it wasn't for today. So he went into another city way back, a village way back. He has family with him, and they lined up the people after he preached the gospel. And every single person in that meeting got healed that he laid his hands on. Say divine ability. He was shocked. He said, this is a much easier gospel. I'm just paraphrasing a lot of what he said. Uh, Two deaf children in Myanmar were completely healed. Isn't that great? You didn't have to convince their families that Jesus was good after that. Amen? All right, so let, let me go into my, my main point here then. We're, we're getting there. You guys okay? All right. Um, Romans 12: six through eight. let's go there. Romans 12. 6 through 8. This is the New Living Translation, Romans 12, 6 through 8. It says, In His grace, how many are thankful for grace? It's a much better walk. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I want you to get this in your heart. Who is He talking to, the world or the church? Okay, he's talking to you. In his grace, God has given us, so through grace, grace is unmerited favor. Some feel like they are are disqualified from God using them. Thank God for the blood of Jesus, amen? Don't punish yourself forever. Stop doing that. In his grace, God has given us, Different gifts for doing certain things badly. Right? What does it say? Okay, the difference here is that God has given you a gift, but he's given you a divine ability to do it well. So if he's called you to the marketplace to work in a factory, and you start seeking the Lord... God will begin to open gifts on your life so you can do that assignment very well. You'll begin to arise above, you'll emerge above the other workers if you put God first. Amen? He'll begin to shine. He'll, be give, get, he'll give you these giftings that you cannot just, that, that you don't just do them, but you do them well. Where the management is like, you know, we need to lay off some people, but I ain't letting Jimmy go. There's no way. There's something about him, and he does everything well. Isn't that good? He says, different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with much faith, as much faith as God has given you. I've seen people prophesy beyond their faith, and then it's kind of, Not so good. But use the gift according to your faith. We need the gift of prophecy. Bible says don't forbid prophecy, right? right? Don't do that. Or don't despise the gift of prophecy. It says don't forbid tongues. Either one, we shouldn't stop. People say sometimes, they say, well, that's not for today, and it's like, well, then we have to cut that scripture out, and we have to cut this one out, and we have to cut that one out, and and you hold it up, and you're like, wow, I can't even keep bugs out of that. If your gift is serving others, say serving others, serve them well. God has given this church, everyone is called to some type of service, by the way, It's the natural progression of our walk with God. When you get saved, the the natural thing that happens in a born-again believer is they want to serve. They are compelled on the inside to serve in the house of God. And you can tell if someone is genuinely excited about God and genuinely sincere in serving the Lord. You know why? Because they pick up a shovel. They have calluses on their hands. They're willing to do something. I always am skeptical when someone is boasting about their powerful walk with God and they're not willing to plunge a toilet. I'm serious. I'm serious. I've spent time with wonderful men of God through the years and they've told me stories of how God had to humble them, and, and uh, they had to do these mediocre, terrible assignments for seasons of their life. And that was the great, a great place of preparation for advancement. For, it says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. You know, you might not have a heart to serve in children's ministry, but if there's a, ner- a need, if there's a need, then just do it. And don't just do it, do it well. Servanthood is the place of advancement. You want to advance in the church in leadership? Then serve well. And serve when no one's looking. Someone's sick in your neighborhood, you go mow their lawn. And you watch what God does. Someone is in need of of a meal, and their family is sick, and you go behind the scenes and you leave a meal. And God says, I took note of that. Advancement is coming. Advancement, many times, is in proportion to our willingness to serve. It's a divine ability given to you, the church. It's a divine ability given to you, to the church, to serve and to serve well. We think of gift of miracles. I love that. I prayed for a girl one time that came in with tumors in her mouth, and uh, she was away from God, and I began to pray with her. The Spirit of God filled my office, and I was weeping. She was weeping, and the tumors, this is a crazy story, began to vibrate in her mouth. And she said, I'm having something happen right now. I don't know what... She said, my mouth is shaking. And over the next week or two, those tumors began to shrink until they disappeared. Just say amen. Amen. That's exciting. I don't care who you are. But what's just as exciting is the practical use of the gift of the Spirit called servanthood. Because servanthood changes a community. Servanthood builds churches. Servanthood uh, cleans parks and, and, and leaves an image when they know that Christians are in that area. It leaves a lasting image. When someone's in need and, and God moves on your heart and you go and you clean up a mess for someone, it's the Spirit of God saying, I love that family. How many people here have come to Christ because someone was loving and kind to your family? A to the man. Right? The gift, the power gift of servanthood is tremendously powerful and effective. You go into a restaurant, so many times these things are so simple, but you run ahead of the crowd and you hold the door. What does that say to the people? See? Little things and big things all add up in the kingdom of God. It's a divine gift, and it's tremendous, tremendously powerful to serve. Say serve. And this church serves well. But we need to understand that when you got saved and you began to serve, it wasn't just because of goodwill. It's the Holy Spirit active on your life saying, I love people, I love the body, and we're going to use our hands to change their life. Sometimes there's people that volunteer in the nursery and they change other people's children's diapers. Believe me, it's a divine ability given to serve. I can't do it, God. I can do all the things through Christ. that strengthens me. Lord says, you get double credit for that. (laughs) It's a tremendous gift. It's a tremendous gift. When you go to cell group and the the host looks tired and uh, they're worn out and, and they just need some help that week and you step up and you're greeting and you're hugging people and you're helping to pray at the end and at the end, you don't leave until that house is clean. That's a divine gift from God, straight from the Father that gives you the power to serve well and change our culture, Amen. Do you see it? It's interesting that Jesus saved this gift. He goes to the garden. I'm sorry, let's back up the bus here. He goes to the upper room. This is right before he's going to be beaten, crucified, be crucified, and die. He taught them how to raise the dead. He taught them how to cast out demons. He taught them how to heal the sick. He taught them all the power gifts. He taught them, he taught them, he taught them. And He said one time, he said, how long must I be with you? He was trying to get them to understand the Jesus stuff, you know? Use God's faith. And right there in the upper room, there he is. And he saves this moment. He uses this moment for this final lesson. He, there the meal is all prepared. The table is set. And they're thinking, what? Jesus always had surprises for them. He had, you know what I mean? He didn't tell them a lot of times what he was going to do, like water and the wine. He's just, give some water. And then they're all surprised because now there's all this wine, you know. Can you picture you've served, you've been with Jesus, and there he is in the upper room, and uh, they're all sitting there and they're waiting for him to say something. He is the creator of the world in flesh. The Bible says we touched him, we beheld him. John put his head on his chest, they knew Jesus. Jesus revealed himself to them so they could reveal Jesus to others. And he's up in this upper room area and they're going to have this meal. And there's this moment of silence and Jesus walks over and he says, I'm about to give you the greatest lesson of your life, boys. And he says, it says that he put a towel around him king of the world, God in the flesh. Can you imagine the creator, the one that in Genesis spoke and the world came into existence? It says in the book of John that everything that was created was created through him, Jesus Christ. Jesus, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He was the father in flesh. Who was Jesus? He was just a man. Then you've missed it. He wasn't just a prophet. He was God in the flesh. And he waits for this moment. And he puts a towel on. And here the disciples are lined up. And he begins even with Judas. It's easy to be kind to people that are kind to you. The divine ability that comes on your life is wrapped in divine love. Every gift of the Spirit is a love gift from God. Every gift of the Spirit is a love gift from God. The gift of miracles is a love gift to the body and to the community. The gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, tongues, interpretation, they're all love gifts to strengthen, equip, encourage, build. And here is a gift now called servanthood, the divine ability to love the unlovable. To serve well he wraps a towel around him he gets down and he begins to wash crusty feet and we we make light of that and it's funny because i don't like foot washings i you know sometimes i go to a conference and they're like we're gonna surprise the the you know the pastor's here with a foot washing i'm like oh great You know, he doesn't want you to wash feet, but he wants you to wash feet. It was a symbol of serving when you don't want to. It was a symbol of serving because it matters. It's fine to do foot washings. That's awesome. But what he wants you to do is learn the principle, which is to serve each other, because people need to know and see and experience the the power of the Spirit and the love of the Spirit called servanthood. it's quiet in this Reformed church. There he goes. He puts the first foot, and he's he's not just like trying to get it done quick. I see Jesus weeping as he's washing these feet. Because it so moved their heart, they were trying to keep him from doing it. Oh, who are we, God, that you, you know, Jesus, that you would wash our feet? We should be washing yours. And they try to keep him from doing it. And then Peter's so funny. Well, then if you're going to do my feet, do my whole body. Wash my hair. Get her done. He's like, listen, knucklehead. That's the new revised, revised standard. He's like, I'm trying to give you a principle here. That Christianity is about serving. And God will give you a divine ability to do it. If you don't want to serve as a Christian, then you need to go back in a closet and experience Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ emanated servanthood even before the cross. He served by washing feet, and then he served by stretching out his hands and dying for you and I. It's interesting that most of the disciples died in similar fashions in one way or another. They served through their life like Jesus. But then many of them were martyred. Peter was hung upside down on a cross. He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified the same way Jesus was. He could easily go to the cross because he had a divine ability through the Holy Spirit to serve well. And he said, I'm going to serve the body of Christ. You know, it's not a good thing as a person to go through pain, But it's a good thing to serve until my life is done. Amen? He went out well. Say he went out well. All right. You guys okay? You like me in a skirt? I should have like some bagpipes or something. Why did guys go to war in kilts? It's like, really? Doesn't look like <laughs> oh, those guys are really ready for war. All right, all right. Let me. <laughs> we need to close Romans twelve six through eight. In His grace, God has given us divine uh, different. I'm sorry, different gifts for doing certain things well. Say well. If you are called to counseling. God has given you a divine gift called counsel, and it's a divine enablement to do it well. And when we learn to lean into the gift, man, I remember years ago, he was teaching me how to do that, to to lean into the gift, because there's times that I counsel people and I lean into the gift and it's very effective. And there's other times I just do it in the natural, and that's okay, but when I lean into the gift, it becomes very, very fruitful and very powerful. The same thing with the gifts of the Spirit prophecy and those things, when we go about our workday and we use the gift on our life in everyday things, in practical things, and we lean into the gift, it's amazing what can happen. You can use the word of knowledge on the job, word of wisdom. You're in a big meeting in the company and they don't know what to do and you're sitting there, you're praying on the inside, you're, Lord, give me, you say, Lord, give me wisdom, and you lean into the gift on your life. And all of a sudden, you know exactly what to do So you give an idea to the company, and they prosper because of it. You learn to lean into the gift. Servanthood is another area that we can lean into, and we can be a blessing, and the church will be blessed, and the community. Amen? Um, All right. So to serve well, uh, here's, here's, in one minute or less, some benefits of serving. We experience promotion and reward. That's 1 Corinthians 3.8. We get promotion and reward by serving. God watches over his kids, and when they serve, they get promoted and they get blessed. I have a right to claim my blessing if I'm serving well. Servanthood brings us into greatness, Matthew 10, 25 through 28. Servanthood brings us into greatness. Number three, we develop a heart of servanthood that reflects Jesus. Philippians 2, 5 through 7. We develop a heart of servanthood which reflects Jesus. If you want the community to see Jesus, then be a servant in the community. Volunteer. Clean the ditches. It reflects Jesus Christ. But don't keep it a secret. Put on the Jesus t-shirts go do it. We walk in true maturity, fulfilling the call of God when we serve well. We walk in true maturity, fulfilling the call of God when we serve well. That's Philippians 2.22. My dress is falling off. <laughs> couple more, real quick. The anointing of the Holy Spirit increases in my life when I serve. The anointing On my life, the anointing of the Holy Spirit increases on my life when I begin to serve. And that is absolutely true. He will give you the proportion of the anointing you're willing to pour out. God never does anything in my life. Well, you're really good at changing channels. Turn that... Turn that beep, beep, beep off and go serve. And you'll get more out of that than you ever did from sitting there all day watching TV. Amen? Go watch somebody's kids. Cook somebody a meal. Go mow someone's lawn. And the anointing will begin to open up on your life in a new way. I'm telling you the truth. We love the miracles. We love signs and wonders. But I'm telling you, when you go and you help someone in the name of Jesus, the anointing is released on your life. Just say amen. Amen. We walk in true maturity, fulfilling the call of God when we serve. The anointing, it's a gift of the Spirit to serve. It is one of the gifts of the Spirit to serve. You don't believe me, do you? Romans 12, 6 through 8. Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership. Serving is a power gift from God, and it changes the community. The miraculous is unlocked when you're willing to serve. That's John 2, 5 and 7. The ministry of helps and serving are needed in the local body and in the community. I want to pray for you to have a stronger anointing on your life. I want to pray for you that God would awaken the power of God in your life. But God wants to challenge you and I to serve on another level. Now we have a lot of ministries in the church. You can serve as a cell leader, you can serve in the kids church, you can serve in hospitality, you can serve as an usher, you can serve in the security, you can serve by growing in leadership. There are many ways to serve. And uh, I wanna challenge everyone to find a place to serve you're going to see something unlocked in your life on a whole other level. We need to serve in our community. It's the way of Christ to wash one another's feet. Anyone ever been asked to do something you didn't want to do, but when you finished it, you were glad you did it? I can tell you some stories. people i didn't like at all i mean you ever like not like someone here's what here's what'll happen you start serving someone you don't like and you get past the ugliness of their attitude and you find out why that they were like that and you start to fall in love with that person and then you want to minister to him. You want to get him out of that, that thing. So you start praying for him, and then you win him to Christ, and God changes their whole life. That's the power of servanthood. Let's stand up. I need the ministry team to come up. We need to close. Man, I only preached for 10 minutes. A new record. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. You want me to lay hands on <laughs> the fivefold ministry. Did anyone get anything out of this? Yeah. Is it a divine gift from God? Yeah. And it's given to every one of us. Jesus wanted every disciple and those following him to serve. To serve to serve. We need to pray. Father God, I pray that you would awaken our hearts to be aware of needs around us. Help us, oh God, to serve well. Lord, I thank you for so many people that already serve so well. They give a lot of time. They give a lot of their life to serve one another. But Father, I pray that you would bring the whole church and those connected to it into a whole other realm of servanthood. To open up things, to do things, to love one another on a whole other level, to serve one another. Father, there should be no needs in the church when the body is active. God, we pray for a divine ability to come right now a divine anointing to come a divine ability to come come holy spirit just put your hands out like you're going to receive something holy spirit we just pray right now for a divine ability to come a divine ability to come divine ability to come there it is a divine ability to come just say holy spirit come just say that again holy spirit come a divine ability a divine ability a divine ability that's good Lord, I just pray right now. I pray that you just move across this church, Father, that you could cover every need of of this body, Lord. So when someone's hurting, there's someone right there. Father, help us to shine like you, like you uh, exemplified, like you, you, like you did at the foot washing and many things that you did. You were willing to go to the cross and serve humanity. We thank you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. There's some people here that are kind of stuck and you want to be free. You want to experience a divine enabling. And I want you to come forward. We're going to dismiss, but I want you to come forward and let people pray for you so you can leave on another level. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you. We love you. Shake someone's hand. Give someone a hug. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.